0: Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello.
1: Welcome. To the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource for all things off-season, uh, golf and whatever hockey players also like to do when they're not playing hockey, because the husky season came to a painful death uh there in uh, in in Billy Joel as Allentown. So uh, Weldy sitting here with Andrew and, uh, a little bit of a change here for the intro with, uh, my daughter who was playing with the microphone. So I decided just to just kind of throw that in the top. So a little song for, for hey, all can, of the listeners. Can Clara play net? Hey, you know, that's, I, I, I think she could do, let's try, you know, let's
0: put some pads, let's maybe put some a pads little pads better and better. See, what,
1: see how she does. <laughs> Oh, she is really not athletic. Love her to death. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, getting her into some more sports. Maybe I got to get her into more sports for that. So, um, previously on a podcast, you kind of summed up the Huskies uh, season in one word. And you said that word was frustrating. And I think this game was the epitome of frustrating. Uh, and everything just came to a screeching halt and what i thought was probably the best played game the huskies have played all season
0: it's it's up there i, I was thinking that there's a there's a couple of you know i would think like maybe the 8 to 1 win over north dakota is up there um but certainly in the top 3 best games all all season and uh that's I mean, I don't think this game was even frustrating. I was surprised pleasantly because uh, I was expecting. I think I sent you the text after they admit, you know, announced that Castro was starting. I said six to one Quinnipiac. And after the first period. Kind of looked like that wasn't going to be too far off. Uh, I didn't see. Well, any- after the first goal. Right. You yeah. know, a couple shots in and it was.
1: Yeah. So it was one shot, one goal. And even
0: in retrospect, I don't even think that they played that bad in the first period. I think that they kind of I think they I think they had more quality chances in that period. They had the uh the Cranale had a, uh, an opportunity in front of the net. I think when I was still one nothing. Maybe it was Walker had another opportunity later in that period. I don't think looking back did Quinnipiac have one grade A scoring chance the entire game? I don't think they had a two they never no. did have a 2 on 1. Uh, I think they have one or I thought maybe that second goal. I thought maybe the second goal was a three on two, but then looking back, it was a three on three in that one. I Mm -hmm. thought that Meyer kind of let him let the guy have a little too much space puck here coming into the net and would have liked him to, to been a little bit more aggressive playing the puck handler there, but still a shot that needed to be saved. Uh, Obviously we're bearing the lead here. The goaltending was, was the the culprit here uh, of the game and, Clearly, a tough situation to be to be put in here with Renak battling, as we found out, pneumonia, which obviously dates back a few weeks now. Um, assuming that's the same issue that kept him out of the Duluth series, the playoff series.
1: Yeah, he was he was in the hospital for five days. He just rejoined the team on sun, the previous Sunday, very limited in practice, and. Um... You know, even by all accounts, Caster had a really good week of practice as well. Um, but, you know, it's just the pressure must have just got to him. And, you know, maybe thinking you had to out-duel one of the best goaltenders when you didn't have to out him. You know, um, you had to just be kind of average and
0: everything just kind of just just really crumbled. I don't know if you're are, are you familiar with like uh, baseball analytics or the the concept of replacement level, which is mostly what I I can you know connotate that with baseball nerds, uh, replacement level is an average. Um, replacement level is like the they're like better than AAA but not good enough for the majors. So the the theory goes if you have a team that's entirely re- comprised of replacement players you're like, you win about a third of your games. You're a terrible, you're like a 50 win baseball team. That's what replacement level is. So average would be, if everyone is average on your team, that's a 500 team. You're average. In this stand, and I would, I would consider Renak to be an average goaltender. Um, an average goaltender, I think you win by three goals. A replacement level goaltender, I think you still win the game. It would have been closer. This was sub-replacement level goaltending. and That's the that's the frustrating part is I didn't see that being even though as the week progressed and it looked more and more likely that caster was going to play. I thought that again, I thought it was going to be more of a route much more than than this five. five, If you would have told me that nine goals are going to be scored in that game, I'd have been like, that's great. Great news Uh, from St. Cloud's perspective, because. Knowing what we know about Quinnipiac, you know, and we wouldn't take a penalty. (laughs) Didn't take a penalty. That was the other thing. And as I said, you know, mentioning about Meyer on that second goal, maybe not, you know, not maybe not making an A plus play there. I I think that's really nitpicking, though. I thought the defense was pretty good. I mean, they didn't have any terrible turnovers. Everything was yeah. yeah. No, no, but no bad turnovers. Uh, We got guys like Walker played really solid. Yep, guys yeah. like Walker stepped it up. I mean, he, we haven't heard much much of him in the last half of the year, but I thought he may have been their best player uh, on the ice. At least he scored two of the goals, as you said, didn't take any penalties. Um, it just was the it came down to goaltending, and and four of those goal. I mean, the the one tip, which I think was the fourth goal, first one in the third period, kind of went off of Miller. I think it was in front of the net. I will grant him the benefit of the doubt on that one. But the others are, they were from the top of the dots and beyond just sort of harmless enough shots that didn't seem to be screened or tipped. The other four, those are unacceptable goals to give up. You can't give those goals (laughs) up.
1: And Sean Richland was talking, the color commentator was talking about how St. Cloud is giving them the points. And it's like, that's where, yeah, you want your shots to be far away from the net. To give your chant your goalie the best chance to look at the puck. And apparently looking at the puck for caster was waving it as it went by. Right. And like like you said about the first period, it was a tight checking first period. And I even tweeted out we were down 2-0. It's like God, I didn't even think we played that poorly. Uh and then we come out, I mean, like you said, Walker came out huge. Walker and Henches, both of them were just a buzzsaw, yeah. I thought, the whole entire game. And then Again, you know, right after Hentges' goal, a few minutes later, another weak goal was let in, and it was just the wind out of the sails. Kupka gets a beautiful tip. Okay, all right. Three to three. It's, you know, I I thought at that point that Caster would at least settle in and say, yes, I, you know, things were poor, but we still have a chance to win this. And, you know, the Huskies dominated that second period. Shots were 17 to four and like were all over. The only real thing that they lost it, you know, would be the face off draws. The Quinnipiac was just punishing the draw all night. But, you know, even in the second period where you lose the face off draw, but you're still able to control that much, yeah, I mean, it just shows how dominating it was. And I was like, wow, this Quinnipiac team is not that good. And, you know, it's 3-3, three, three, okay, here we got a shot, and then, yeah, like, it's that, that that tip, you know, a minute in, and I'm like, come on. And then, yep, sure enough, 5-3 on another weak goal, and I'm like, it's, it, it, it was just for how well everything else clicked. No dumb penalties. You no, know, they even tried to bait Brodzinski yep. with some penalties. He didn't have any of it. Um, you know, the defense, I thought Seamus Donahue yeah. played a solid game, which is something that I don't think I have said in about a year and a half. So it's, it was, it was just how everything kind of came crashing down and it, it's just sucks to see such, you know, you finally see this team pull together all aspects and this is what crumbles the season. And it, it's just disheartening. And in what I think is just how frustrating the end
0: of the season was, it ends in a equally frustrating way. Yeah, frustrating that where was this performance for the last three months before this? And I realized the the Olympics threw a wrench into, into things and, and he had to maneuver some unplanned weeks off with some COVID cancellations, but still, uh, I mean, the full book, the full team laid eggs, uh, you know, in North Dakota. And then when they returned, you know, it didn't look this good against Duluth at the end of the year either. Slowing a lead against Denver De- at Denver. Denver. Right. Was the Olympics guys. Yeah, they were they were gone then. But still, um, yeah, you'd think that it was frustrating. I mean, you you play well, you play like that more consistently in the second half of the year. You're not the you're not a three seed, you know. You, you, you maybe play yourself into a more favorable game, and maybe it wouldn't have mattered because Renek still would have had pneumonia, and and we would have been stuck with Caster either way. That's that's very possible. Yeah. Another thing is, and that's really my only solace is that even as overrated as I think
1: Michigan is, and we'll get into the Frozen Four a little bit later.
0: Um, God, that would have been great to to play them today. They would have given that would have been a great game.
1: And I think St. Claude, I think St. Cloud
0: would have had a good chance to beat him. But not with Caster in that. Not with Caster in that. No. And that's the thing,
1: is that like that's the only sauce I have because I don't think any time that they cut to the bench and they saw Rennick and saw him like you saw his eyes, you saw his face and whatnot, he looked rough. He had no color in his face. He just kind of kept trying to blink heavily and focus and kind of stay with it. He was, he was not. He probably wanted to get in there, and it's frustrating also to have his uh, career kind of go out like it did, um, just kind of fizzle out. So, you know, all the best to him in the future. Uh, you know, he's probably one of the most polarizing goals or goalies in St. Cloud history because people seem to either love them or hate them. Um, but, but he, he's going to hold all the records, uh, but it's all going to have an asterisk to it for COVID and whatnot. But yeah, and a full team against Michigan. I thought, you know, St. Cloud, I, I feel would have been we'd be right in the frozen four. And it's, it was just, it was just not meant to be, I guess. And I feel like that's, You know, the story of St. Cloud State hockey, I guess, it's just, it's just not meant to be.
0: It's always, it always kind of comes crumbling down. And of course we can do the Monday morning quarterbacking now. And of course it all is glaringly obvious now that we know the result, but one thing about Larson, and I think we've, we have talked about this in the past, but uh, I feel like he struggles with in-game coaching moves, whether it be taking a timeout at an opportune time or making a goalie pull. Not even I, I thought it was and I'm sure they know more about Lamaru uh than we do, but if there's, if there's one thing that I would be frustrated with is going back to that Duluth series. That Friday game, I mean, it was 5 to 2 after 2, and probably should have been 6 to 2 if there was a goal that was overturned. Um, how, I mean, in retrospect, obviously, like, give Lamaru a period there. See what, he, see what you got. Do they know that this was going to be the case where two weeks later, and Ranek was still going to be out? Lamaru has only appeared in one game this year. That was the very first game of the year against St. Thomas, just doing mop up work in that, what, 12 to 2 game? played a little bit more last year he played i only started at least one game in the pod um, and, and looked fine i mean didn't look like he was even better than caster at that point but he's kind of a a blank spot i don't really know anything about him and obviously the coaching staff doesn't have any faith in him because they did not go with him either in the duluth series or make the move here in the quinnipiac series or the quinnipiac game which i thought a change. I don't know how much worse he could have been based on what we saw out of Castor against Quinnipiac. And obviously it makes, it's glaringly obvious after the fact, but in the fact you'd like to think that uh, making a move there could have perhaps been the, been the move there. I, I, I don't know. I I mean, you saw today with Quinnipiac against Michigan making a goalie change and they almost pulled off a four goal comeback. Um, sometimes it's that, You know that can that can provide a spark if the if the rest of the team isn't and and props to the team and to Larson, all the coaches for making the adjustment coming into the second period. I mean, this is a team that we've talked about this that they haven't come back at all really this year. The biggest comeback win they had was down one nothing against Bemidji, uh, and never had come back from more than a one goal deficit. So coming back from two goals down. And, you know, perhaps it's, it's, it's even hard to play the alternate reality game. You just, you know, get, you get, put a, a halfway decent goalie in there and, and the whole, it, and it's as if they still would have scored four goals. Cause who knows? I mean, the, the team may have been, the offense might not have kicked into high gear, if not for the fact that the goaltender put him in such a hole, like it, we don't know. It's just, you can't just remove one player, put another player in and then, okay, you, you You subtract the three goals it doesn't work exactly like that but just you can't just copy and paste it right who knows if they they, they, yeah yeah. And, and maybe you know parrots and quinnipiacs probably not not as playing as tight as they were if they didn't realize you know if they didn't have such a cushion uh to start with so the game would totally be a different game if not for the goaltending here but uh but seeing as as how well the the offense was clicking, especially in that second and third period, there's the puck control. I mean, you could apply I, if you would have pulled the goalie the entire last two periods. I don't think the score would have been that different. It's because they, I mean, like I said, Krennepak just didn't have any offensive push, and uh, and St. Cloud. It, this was like the old St. Cloud of you know the the number one seed years of transition game was clicking and. And you had the you, you kept the you know puck possession was dominant. uh It just the end result, the uh, just that one switch, the one change made so much of a difference. And and that's I didn't see that happen. I didn't see that was not on my realm of possibilities. Of that's we're gonna play the best game of the year except for the goaltending, and that's that's gonna be the difference. I didn't quite see that happening. Uh, and. I mean when I when it was two to nothing and I'm thinking okay maybe my 6 to 1 is still going to be on board and thinking okay well maybe that's for the best because this will show the coaching staff in in very clear terms that you can't go into next season with Caster and Lamru as your your in-house goalies. Um but the 5 to 4 loss probably makes that point even clearer. 6 to 1 you probably got defense and offense is also reasons for the loss. With this we're Literally, the goaltending is the only reason that you lost this game. That should make it the most crystal clear example to this coaching staff that really your options are pretty limited now. uh, And even the transfer portal has already uh, seen some goalies enter it and then leave the other side with uh, North Dakota and Providence scooping up uh, some goalies. uh, You know, Roden, who we're familiar with from Omaha, goes to Providence and then. UND gets their, their, uh, transfer goalie of the year going from Driscoll to now <laughs> drew DeRitter Ritter from Michigan state. So even, even two options are off the board. Now I don't see any other quick fix for the goaltending solution, uh, goaltending situation coming into next year. And, you know, maybe this game, uh, crystallizes that for Larson and, and the coaching staff that, we, we, we have to go that that transfer route uh and 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 to to avoid this situation in the future and again maybe it was unavoidable because of the whole Renek, and you know he's your starter and it's this what can you do about what can you do about pneumonia it's just that, that is just such a saint cloud state uh <laughs> thing where it's like yeah we're gonna pull out yeah, it's like we're pulling out of a hat what, what are we gonna do we're gonna wrap the bet against aic this year or is our, our coach gonna uh leave uh when he's still employed by the university no. uh goalie goalie pneumonia that's what we got this year and
1: it, it's like this uh this team finds new ways to hurt that's right. us that's right <laughs> it Is what it comes down to um you know when it was 2 nothing and, you know, the weak goal just happened, I did tweet out right away. I was like, pull him. Just pull him. And everyone was like, who you put in? And I was like, put in Lamaru, because you've got zero chance otherwise. And, you know, I I felt that way even until the end of the game, even though we did have a chance otherwise because the Huskies were able to come back. You know, now I actually am sitting here. I mean, putting in a third string goalie, I think about like when the team, you know, back in the when I was in college, they had like Ethan Lyerly on the team. And, you know, he played intramural hockey as well. And he was able to play because he never technically entered in a game, <laughs> but he sat on the bench. And I was just thinking, you know, I, you know, what I want Ethan Lyerly out there. In, in in probably the biggest, you know, most important game, probably not. So it's like, so, you know, maybe I kind of come out through the other side on that, but it's, you know, like you said, you can't just, you know, pick and choose and say, oh, that would have changed the game. Who knows if it would have changed anything, but, you know, it it was just frustrating to see how well this team played and how everything kind of kind of crumbled down. Because everything else, I thought, just impeccable. You know, you, you talk a little bit about AIC. You talked a little bit about Air Force. You got Fair Estate here. Ugh. If you were to rank some of these, you know, as far as first round disappointments go, um, you know, where would you kind of kind of rank these? What, you had Clarkson yeah, after, it, what, sweeping them early in the year um, I think they by a handful margin? I think
0: they split them that year. They swept him the year before, but they went out. Oh, to, they went crazy. out to Clarkson that year, and I think it was a split. As far as so ranking the disappointments, this would be fairly low on the list um, just based on I didn't have expectations coming into the game that they were going to win. As I said last week, when we thought that Renick was going to, but, to play, didn't think. But does that make it even more frustrating? The fact that they played so
1: well. Yeah, and we lost That softens the blow for because me. of this.
0: That softens the blow. As far as even thinking that Rennick was going to be the starter, I didn't think they were going to win. And then knowing that Castro was going to start, I thought it was going to be a route loss for them to come up with a five to four nail biter uh, in the grand uh, history of St. Cloud state NCAA crapping the bed performances um, this one is fairly low because Ferris state. It, yeah, that's, that, that's a game that you need to win. That's a, you're the number one seed in a St. Paul regional against, uh, a team that I, the, the thing that I keep remembering from that game is I think it was number 27 for Ferris state. He didn't have his name on the back of the Jersey. I think he's like, he either like had a, he was either like a player that they never played and lot forgot his Jersey back home or something. but. It's like you lost to this ragtag team that was like thirtieth and pairwise. Um, that was a gut punch. And then obviously losing to the Atlantic hockey teams is just unconscionable embarrassment. I mean, even those those years, it's like number one overall seed. Maybe they were a little overrated and it shouldn't have been number one overall, but it's just like not even it would have it's not like I would have you know, been angry if they didn't win the national title those years. But it's like to not even beat the worst team in the field like come on like do you have to do you have to kick me directly in both nuts like the hardest that you possibly can like just lose to denver in the next round like i i can live with that don't lose to uh what do we what did we call it on the original podcast um uh Fair I, I, no thing. well aic was oxymoron university Oh, oxymoron Do you have to lose to, to them like come on so in this sense you were the lower seed and i didn't have any expectations coming into it i'm more pleased that they gave an an interesting game uh and a high scoring game like looking what even coming off a national championship Again, I, I run up <laughs> season. Yeah. Again, I'm trying to put clear that out of my head because I don't really feel like that was, I, I, I didn't really, I don't put it, I don't put as much stock into that as a lot of fans do, um, season to season. And then even just the, the NCAA tournament at large, especially how it was last year, uh, with, you know, they, they had a favorable draw in their regional and. I'm not not exactly saying that that yes, they were exactly the number the second best team. I'm not even sure if UMass was the best team last year. UMass went into that tournament as a two seed. They didn't play a team below them that was ranked in their four wins. They played a three seed, a four seed, a three seed, and a two seed. They didn't have to play, they didn't have to beat a one seed. I mean, it's like I I'm not even it was the were they the best team last year? I, they won the tournament. I I guess. But they not. They were worried. the best team in four games. Out of the teams That's that they play that they it, got that they got. Yeah, you know, I it's it's it, it is a crapshoot, except this year is like the least crapshootiest of all the crapshoots because it's other than Minnesota, it was chalk all the way. While them and I guess the Notre Dame beating North Dakota was was an upset. But two two upsets. I mean, that was what, what was that, eight nine? Well, Technically, North Dakota was seven and seven nine, I guess seven nine. But That's basically, yeah, seven, yeah, nine. basically eight nine, and, and then Minnesota's win over Western today was two for, oh, two over one. But other than that, all higher seeds won all of these games, which is very rare. As we mentioned, we jinxed them last week. This is the first so obviously first that year. means
1: the pairwise is right yeah. and the pairwise is infallible. Exactly is what it all comes down to. it,
0: yep. it works. Yes, all of my uh, ranting so, about how the pairwise needs to be replaced is, is obviously wrong, but... <laughs> yeah, first year in, what, 15, 16 years that 4C doesn't yeah. win. We obviously jinxed that last week, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, it, where are you on the disappointment meter for St. Cloud State with this one? I'm a little bit higher on it, but at the same...
1: Like, everything... like everything was disappointing for different reasons um you know fair estate was disappointing because you know it was a situation where topsy regional in your own backyard against a team 30 something in the pairwise i mean they lucked into the tournament i mean this is a, this is when you have it was on my birthday I went into what was then my girlfriend, now my now my wife, and you know it was. I, I just remember sitting in Eagle Street having some food and just looking at the Ferris State people. was like this is this is gonna be a trouncing. Like I'm sorry that they came down and our defense just just crumbled. It was it was just terrible. But we were able to tie it up, get into overtime, and then I can't remember. 10 seconds into overtime, it felt like. I don't, I mean, it was incredibly quick. And then it was just, it was just a shot in the back. So, and then
0: you get to, you well, get no, to it was, you a, it was a shot and then a rebound and then a goal. Oh, well, the difference rebound, there, if Caster like if, if was in meta- net for that game, it would have been just the shot. The first shot would have went in. There wouldn't have been a rebound. Just the first shot would have went in.
1: Yeah. I bet like a shot in the back, like I, I, I felt shot. I, I just wanted to get so, the other cheap shot out there. Just just you know, the other cheap shot. Um, you know, Air Force was frustrating because you had all the rumors, you know, Lucia announces he's leaving, you know. Then you had all the rumors. You had players talking about the rumors, like before the game as well. All week, Matsko was talking about how tough this matchup's gonna be. This is this is this is tough. This is a tough team, and it, it just made it sound like we were lucky to play against Air Force, and we were like, we shouldn't be on the same ice as Air Force. Like, we had no confidence, no swagger, nothing. And It was just all this talk about how good this team is. And sure enough, they outplayed us. We looked absolutely terrible. Uh, Matsuko ditches the radio shows and his post-game appearance or his uh, uh, coach's show, uh, and then is gone. So he didn't even answer to what happened in Air Force. So it so I was like, oh, okay. So it was just double middle fingers, and I remember our last podcast where we yeah. had the final episode of that one, and how how I felt about that. And now seeing them going to the Frozen Four <laughs> with Husky recruits, you know, that that's what also state Ben Byers was recruited to, was was a commit to Saint Cloud State, you know. So I mean. So that's frustrating. You know, I'm fine, you know, if Moscow if wins, you know, kinda, you know, sometime in the future wins a natty, fine. That I can live with that. But doing it with people he recruited to St. Cloud State stings. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, who knows if that's gonna happen, but you know, obviously I hope it doesn't. But we'll get into the frozen four um in a little bit. And so that's what you know Air Force what stuck out to me about that, and then a i c was just you know it was, yeah, it was the bad ice, and it was the randomness, but it was it was the squeakers that ended up leaking through, and we had multiple sh- like multiple chances, but they kind of collapsed in front of the net, we just couldn't get it to, it was like the worst time for our offense just to dry up, and you know i was there was a little bit of solace taken to the fact that. You know the next game against Denver. You know AIC made it close for a game and a half, so I guess that <laughs> that was nice. But then Denver obviously uh, kind of uh, put the pedal to the metal and and took care of that. So I I don't know. It, it it's a new one for me. Um, and I I don't exactly know where it ranks, but you know, just more more downs than ups <laughs> is is kind of what I remember. Maybe that'll mean just it'll be that much better once
0: we finally, finally reach the pinnacle. So yeah, Maybe so, that's a cop-out aim. So are we in agreement that Ferris is number one on the, on the disappointment list? I think it would be for me, even though I, I would say the, the AIC loss was more of an embarrassment. But the fact that I was in the building for, for, Ferris, for Ferris makes it more... It was more of an emotional... Uh, gut punch than even the yeah aic one was um they were all they were all gut punches but this one this one ranks like this one's like when they lost to wisconsin in the regional final in 2010 like fairly down the the clarkson loss would have been higher on the list the main loss would have been higher on the list um uh, trying to yeah i mean maybe even like the yeah, I would even say the the frozen four game against Quinnipiac would have been a, a more of a disappointment, even though that one was a a seeding where they were one and Saint Cloud was four. I thought that I came into that game thinking the St. Cloud was gonna win. Whereas this one I did not. Um so maybe it was just the uh we always talk about expectations and how they how the expectations from last year's results sort of uh you know, forms a lot of opinions for this year's team. Maybe it looking back on this is such a San cloud state thing to do ranking the pissing down the legs in the (laughs) NCAA tournament. Uh, let's do the listicle. I guess it's just glutton for punishment here, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, well, yeah,
1: to quote, uh,
0: to quote Ted Lasso, the hope that kills you. I can agree with that, but, uh, yeah, a frustrating, uh, a frustrating game, a frustrating way to end a frustrating season. Maybe that's, uh, maybe yeah. maybe that's fitting. Maybe. It, yeah. Maybe it's poetic. Yeah. So
1: it's poetic justice there. Um, you know, talking, you know, how this weekend we ripped Bob Moscow, obviously, and Bradbury about wanting these extra days in between, uh, the regionals. And I have to say, as somebody who did not go to it now, uh, Obviously, if I went to it, had to spend the extra money for an extra day into a, a bum F town somewhere, you know, I would have hated it. But um, the fact that I was sitting at home, I had wall-to-wall hockey on the Thursday and Friday, I absolutely loved it, and I was pl- presently surprised um, about... You know the quality of the tournament in general all of the games i thought for the most part were incredibly fun to watch and so how kind of ranking or not really ranking but just the tournament as a whole how everything kind of set itself
0: up how did you how did you like it what were some of your thoughts
1: about some of the other games
0: well yeah i think that the yeah the extra day off and then the splitting that's probably we mentioned last week you know yeah well, there there's they got six hours in between games. You know why I'm thinking that's probably because they, they set it up for TV purposes that there was the the only thing though, there, there's one game of overlap and that was the UMass Minnesota game that started two hours before the St. Cloud Quinnipiac game, whereas everything else was three hours in between. So that was the only game where there was multiple games going on at the same time. And of course that's the one that goes into overtime. So so I was <laughs> I, I kind of missed that third period comeback for the Gophers and then the the overtime. I, I had it on my iPad, but it was kind of I, I wasn't paying attention uh, to it as much as I was obviously because the Saint Cloud game was was going on. But you got to think that's kind of why they set it up that way with the gaps in between to make TV viewing optimal. The thing there is with the so so is the NCAA. They're they're just saying we can make a good TV product out of this. Um, I mean, the downside there is by splitting the having the extra day in there that that negatively affects attendance in the buildings. Um, and if you're gonna make it so convenient for TV watchers, that gives you the people that would travel less of a motivation to be in attendance. So aside from the Loveland, you know, regional with with the Duluth and and Denver final. I mean, especially Albany. We saw it again of, of just terrible attendance. I I'm reminded again. of Oh, Wooster. Oh yeah, that's right. That's the stadium that has the khaki colored seats, uh, which I forget about (laughs) until they play the games there, which again, is about half full at best, even if they have UMass or some local ish team playing there. And the same with Allentown. I mean, Michigan brought some fans there and saw them today at the Quinnipiac game, but but not a whole hell of a lot to talk about uh, when it comes to atmosphere for these for these games. So uh, it's kind of the same old. You know, I don't know how many years we got to go through this. You know. Yeah, the only good regional attendance-wise was the one that's in someone's backyard, in a host school's backyard. Um, and you'd think you'd put that together. And it, it does sort of even affect from a TV viewing standpoint. If the, those Albany games were tough to get into because there just was no buzz at all, uh, and yeah. just the the puck making echoes whenever it hits the boards because there's nobody in the building. Um, or if it hits a stanchion and has a crazy bounce, they had a couple of those. A <laughs> Couple of those. Mm-hmm. So, I just think this is more evidence of if you're gonna if you're gonna lean in and try to make this a TV product, what would be great is if these uh, games had some atmosphere in the building and that because that translates yeah. to the viewing experience as well. And you got uh, you got the possibility of of going back on campus, which I've been advocating for years now that they should do I think more more evidence for uh in, in that in the in favor of home sites in some in some capacity um so yeah and as far as the gameplay themselves I I guess I was a little underwhelmed I mean there were there were tight games throughout there was hardly any routes I mean even the Quinnipiac Michigan game which looked like it was gonna be a route Quinnipiac made that close in the third period and so for about 10, all about 10 minutes of that game, it was kind of a, a dud of a game. But yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I struggled. And again, maybe it wasn't the Albany, just lack of atmosphere kind of thing, but any of the, either all three of those games were, and I didn't watch the, uh, I only caught the end of the Mankato Harvard game, which might've been the best game in that, in that regional. Um, and the ending that I did see was, was a little exciting, but. As a night owl, nine a.m. games are a tough one for me. Uh, nine a.m. <laughs> on my in my time zone here, so uh, so I didn't watch the beginning of those nine a.m. games. But um, but the, that that Notre Dame North Dakota game, I thought it was dicey. I mean, obviously the 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 one thing to talk about there is this clock issue, which uh, we can maybe get into later. But and then the one the the Mankato over. Notre Dame, I thought was mostly a snooze fest. Uh, yeah, I so a lot of close games, but I I, I wasn't, and some good games. I thought the Denver Lowell game was good. Obviously, the Denver Duluth game. I, I I'm patting myself on the back for jinxing Duluth and getting a little taste of their own <laughs> medicine with a, with a bad bounce goal. Um, and Dan Jacobson's gonna be ticked. Mm-hmm. I will be taking them in every field from now for every bracket <laughs> from here on out for eternity. But I thought those were some decent games and again, those games were improved because of the fact that there was some decent atmosphere in the buildings. But uh but I thought the Gopher game today was was kind of dull. Um I thought the the Western Michigan Northeastern game was a bit dull and and weird that you know, we're talking all about Devin Levi, and it comes down to kind of a gaff, uh, misplay uh, from him that leads to that overtime goal for, yeah. for Western. Irony there, yeah. And even Al Parrots gives up four goals in each game. Uh, if the if they're still voting on the Richter Award, I think McKay's got it sewn up just based on the NCAA uh, performances. Um, I think all those are. I, done think, so, I, think, I, think, I think you're right. Done at the end of the I, season, I, I think you're so. right. But if this did factor into it, then um then uh it it would be advantage mckay there but uh but yeah i mean as we said you know no no routes uh you know and and so all all the games were relatively tight and 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 i do like i do like uh satisfying you know brackets i like i don't i'm not a huge fan of the chaos four seeds going all the way and just bunch of upsets. I, I do like the fact that the the higher seeds winning is more of more satisfying to me, and I'm looking forward to like Michigan-Denver, for instance. I think that'll be a good game. So, um, yeah, I it's not well. It, I don't think it was my favorite uh regional weekend, but it wasn't my least favorite either. And and was able to watch, like I said, all those games. You know, I watch a little bit of each of the games and. Most of, yeah, most of a lot of the games. So and TV made it possible to do that without you know doing a lot of overlapping games. So, what did you think? I, I mean, let's give it a t- tepid thumbs up for me.
1: Yeah, it's yeah from a viewing standpoint, I thought I thought it was great, and um, you know I thought that I thought that Minnesota State Harvard game just to open it up, I thought that was an excellent game. I had a lot of fun watching that one um and mckay came up huge at some points really all tournament long or all regional long i mean mckay was came up huge um you know some overtime games and yeah if we want to talk about the notre dame north dakota uh you know the rule as written um you know says time displayed on the clock of a timing device shall supersede any disparity with lights or horns signaling the end of the period or game. And, you know, how, you know, the big question is how do two camera angles give off such completely different results? Because that overhead camera was about two seconds ahead of... Now, I I get the ESPN, you know, that's an overlay. That's, you know, sometimes those... I get that. I just don't understand the green light. Like, in my mind, that green light has to be synced up, especially, you know, right with the clock. And have everything disconjointed like that is really a black guy for, for, for college hockey after another black guy, you know, that came from the CCHA playoffs. Correct. So, um... You know, I wonder if they just kind of looked at it as, hey, uh there's enough reason for one party to be ticked off, so we're just gonna wave this goal off. No matter what, it's one party is gonna point at, well, this says this, and we should go by this. So I think was like so they just kind of I well, since both of them don't show that it one, you know, that it was a good goal. One of them says it's not so therefore that's going to overrule the good one. I, that, that's the only thing I could
0: really yeah, I, I think of, I guess. This one was just I, I don't even know, I don't I'm not even angry about it because I, I just don't know what to what which camera angle with which clock do I trust and I, there's no reason for me to trust one or the other. It just it doesn't why is the camera angle from the overhead? With the "quote unquote" burned-in clock, why is that the authoritative clock and not the game, the the screen clock that ESPN shows that is synced up exactly with what that green light showed? Um, who's to say that that overhead view with the clock there? Why is that automatically perfect? And so, I'm assuming that they. Got it right. I mean, but I don't even know where to, how to feel about it because it just the whole thing is it just looks incompetent. It looks like the sport can't get its ass together to not even sync up clocks. And if you're not gonna have, if the green light is not authoritative, why even have it in the building? Seems like that it would make sense to have that sync up more so than some overhead view for reviews and so again at least notre dame ended up winning the game in overtime same thing with the mankato bemidji debacle at least it seems like the team won that should have won and i wasn't like rooting it's that's that's a uh s sandwich matchup if i've ever seen one notre dame and <laughs> yeah and yeah. north dakota not rooting for either one of those uh mm-hmm. but uh But it just, I, and it's, so we have the ESPN screen clock. We have the green light. We have the refs on the ice who called it a goal. We have three things that work in favor of Notre Dame and they go with the one shot that apparently is the shot, uh, that's God. Uh, and that's what we go with. So it just another, and and not only that, but some, I just overly reviews over reviews in all the games, uh, e- even to the extent where some of the, uh, you know, studio broadcasters or commentators were commenting on how, how it really affects the flow of the game. And, yeah. and I thought the, the, that offside call today, uh, that's that um, waved off a Western Michigan goal is just like, it has no material effect on the, on the play, even whether it was a, a hair offside. We, we seem to, be hell-bent on overturning anything uh, and looking for reasons to overturn goals. I, I don't think that's the impulse that we should have when it comes to reviewing plays. But the one thing I will say about the St. Cloud-Quinnipiac game, no reviews. Great, I thought, great officiating. They had one penalty all game. And it's not like I felt like they missed any for either side. I know Pecknell didn't like the uh, first goal that St. Cloud scored where they thought they had a trip or a hook or something that caused that turnover. Right. As the, uh, as Richland said, I thought it was a good no call. And I don't, was there even a review on any of those nine goals? I I don't remember. I don't remember them reviewing any of them. It's not like I think of any reason that they should have. And so the game I thought had great pace and, and yeah, no penalties at all. And so, yeah, as far as that, we lucked out there as far as the St. Cloud game had, I thought the best reffing because it was invisible.
1: Well, and that's probably also because there was nothing to review for those goals yeah. Um, yeah. against St. Cloud State. Not looking for all of them were just easy yeah, shots. Not looking for any with high. Nobody in front of the or net. Goalie interference.
0: Yeah. Goal interference. Nothing like it was that.
1: Shoot on ca- caster, and it's in the back of the net. So it's um. Yeah, so that's, um, I know uh, Gina Carlson, one of the questions that she asked was, you know, kind of what were some of your, you know, what was the best game that you saw? Um, And for me, it would have been that Harvard-Minnesota State game. I thought that game was a lot of fun um, and kind of got me in the mood, kicked off right away. And then, uh, obviously, Notre Dame and uh, North Dakota, seeing North Dakota lose. Always, always a fan. So, I don't get... And I don't get people who just cheer for the conference. Yeah. I just don't understand it. It's. I, 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 I have teams that I hate. I feel like it's the only sport. I feel it's the only sport that does that.
0: Because like. Oh. You ask any football oh, no. fan. No, I, I have some hardcore gopher football fans who are. We are rooting for Iowa in the Gator Bowl against uh, Vanderbilt. Because the Big Ten should win all the bowl games, it's just insane. I've never understood that. So it's a it's a thing. It's what? a thing. It's like, oh, it, it's even worse. It's even worse. I would say because they're talking about meaningless uh, <laughs> snack snack food branded bowl games, uh, and they're rooting for whoever Don't mess they're with rooting testitos. for they make a great round to win uh, the Belk Bowl or the Hellman's Mayonnaise Bowl. Uh, because they're in the big 10. But so I think this, this is, this is a thing in other, in other sports as well, college sports, uh, especially, but uh, I've never, yeah, I've never understood it either. I have teams that I hate that I root against. Some of them are in the NCHC and some of them are not. And sometimes the teams that I hate more are playing an NCHC team. So I am rooting for the NCHC team, but I, yeah, I don't, I, I was rooting for Western Michigan. To win today, even though I thought the Gophers were going to win, I was rooting for Western Michigan solely because I wanted a Western Michigan-Michigan final game, which would have been in play if that was the case. <laughs> would have you could, I could already, I could already oh, sense the, the people headlines. on your Twitter machine going, "Can't uh, <laughs> Pearson can't back out of this one." It would have been, can't it would have gotten old long. after about fifteen minutes. Um, but. It was not to be. So I, 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 I root for weird things sometimes. But at least but...
1: at least Pearson would have at least had to answer those questions, because <laughs> <Well, I
0: see. laughs> I mean, you know could have pulled them. Uh, could have pulled the Would have been inevitable. Could have pulled the Moscow uh, preemptively and just yeah. For our, maybe he would have said like our, job. our health uh, department <laughs> says I can't do the pregame interviews. Yeah right. Our, our health department that Freedom of Information
1: Act. You know Frozen Four then. Uh, decided we've, we've got, uh, we've got them all squared up, ready to go. Uh, we got a Minnesota, uh, semifinal and, uh, Michigan versus Denver. So we got Minnesota state versus Minnesota, Michigan versus Denver. Uh, I'll leave this to you. Who do you, do you want to rank who you least want, you know, from, or who do you think is going to win? Like which one do you want to do first? Because I want to do both. Let's do like your prediction for the champion and then um and also you are the most okay with winning to the let's least do that. Okay. Let's do that first. Okay. All right. So uh you you started off then who are
0: the most okay with winning this? So number one would be the team that I would be that I want to win the most. Yes. I'm I'm looking
1: at this as like four through one, but yeah, you can look at it through that way too. It's the same thing.
0: Do you want me to go first? We're looking at
1: it from different lenses.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm so gonna go the most okay. I'm you're okay o- with this team winning. I yes. The most I'll go Denver, Michigan. Denver. Yes. Denver, Michigan, right. Minnesota, Minnesota State. I do not want anyone but Mankato. I am strongly opposed you're in to the Mankato. N- Anyone but Mankato. But these, as we, no as we mentioned before the show, this is a heel fest. Uh, these are four, yeah. uh, ugh, like, puke-worthy programs from my perspective. Um, <laughs> Denver is the least hateable of these for me. And I don't like Denver. <laughs> nobody likes Denver, as we've mentioned. <laughs> nobody likes the hashtag. Nobody and maybe likes that's Denver. why they're number one. Um, but even putting Michigan second, I mean, with all the, the controversies that they've had this year. But again, I would rather not see Matsko lift the national title based on what we, what we were talking about earlier. And mm-hmm. hell no to Mankato winning. I mean, they're, they're the closest version of St. Cloud State. They're, exa- they're almost exactly yeah. what St. Cloud State is. Except mm-hmm. St. Cloud State had about a 10-year head start as a D1 program. Head start. And that's yeah, the, that thing. the thing. That's yeah. the thing that hurts. Yep. And yeah. they're in a lesser conference and from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, yeah, it's it would benefit them and it would hurt St. Cloud. So St. Cloud can win one first, then Mankato can win one uh, 10 years later because we got the 10-year head start. So <laughs> that's my uh, that's yeah, that that's where I'll put it. And uh, yeah, you can maybe flip-flop Michigan and and uh Minnesota because they're both and And Denver's girls, too i but i i will, I would will be the least um the least angry if Denver won
1: um yeah it's it it will probably end up that I will be rooting for the Michigan versus denver winner is, is, is where it's gonna go um and and yeah, I agree with you on all those points. I would just flip flop Michigan and Denver because. Michigan, I feel like it's like, like what more is that program going to gain from another national title? You know, they've, they've already got, you know, all of the top recruits coming in, you know, they're in a different conference. So I'm like, meh, that's that, that's fine. Denver. I don't feel like we're really recruiting against Denver. Um, you know, you look at who we're recruiting against. It's it's Duluth and it's against Man. Don't tell Cole, don't tell couple... that to Cole Gutman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and now that that's that's another that's another port too is you know seeing former Husky commits win yeah. as well, yeah. and that's where that's where I would really hurt for Denver with you know Gutman and then Myers with and Botko with Minnesota, but. Uh, if minnesota state wins that's that's that that's a punch you know we should have been ahead of them um and we've had every chance to be ahead of them we've had many more number one overall seeds to be ahead of them
0: and just and, their you know, just and, their style of play too my brother who's a you know, very casual fan but he watched the games and he's just like god man was is a boring team to watch and uh, i agree um. Oh, then, but what, what uh, are we going to do? Who we actually do think is going to win? Oh,
1: yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes.
0: Who do you think is actually going to win? It, it, it is fairly wide open. I, I don't see that There's one. I don't think it's obvious in, in either game. Then whoever the final would be. I'm going to say that Mankato beats the Gophers. And I agree. I'm going to say Denver beats Michigan. I agree. I mean, you know who I want. Mm -hmm. I'll go with, I'll go with Denver. I think they can beat them. I mean, Denver was able to solve Duluth and that's going to be a similar sort of test with, with Mankato. So, so yeah, but I mean, Denver though, even like that, that Lowell game, I thought they were like kind of going at half speed. I'm like, I wish St. Cloud would have been able to play this Denver team uh, when they went out there in, in February. Uh, so they didn't look all that and against Duluth. I mean, they outplayed Duluth shocker there, uh, Duluth get, getting <laughs> all played, but even the CHN write up, I thought was pretty uh, tea laden uh, from Woden. There it was like, yeah, here, if the script was playing out perfectly. Duluth was getting outplayed, you know, Denver was out shooting them two to one and, it was one to, but it was one to one in the middle of the third, right where Duluth wants them. I'm like, God, I love this. Uh, but Duluth was, or Denver was able to, to squeeze it out. And, and so they didn't look, you know, they didn't look like the sports car they had been for much of the year. But yeah. sometimes that's what you have to do in, in the NCAAs. You're, you're playing more of the tight one goal affairs and defensive oriented games. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going to say whoever wins at Denver. Uh, Michigan game is going to win the whole thing. But
1: yeah. And, you
0: know, I've talked earlier about how overrated I think it
1: is. And I think it's just a lot of inexperience and a lot of youth. And I don't think that does very well when it comes to tournament time. And, you know, looking at how this team almost let Quinnipiac come back, uh, you know, and, up four rip going into the third and then, you know, all of a sudden it's four to three, you know, they were able to pop in a couple empty netters to kind of seal the deal. Um, it's, it, it just shows a little bit of the inexperience. And I think that's where Denver is going to kind of thrive when it comes to, yeah. you know, they picked up some of those transfer guys. They're going to pick up, um, you know, they, they they've, I think they've just, are going to play a style also that Michigan might not be as used to. And that's where I think they're going to win. Um, Minnesota state, I think there's not too big of a weakness when it comes to them. Um, and I don't think Minnesota can drudge out a game like Mankato can. And, um, you know, the goaltending battle I think is going to be the difference. And I do think Mankato is going to win the championship. So that's, my my worst fear is the one I think is going to be coming to fruition, and again, it just caps off a frustrating season. So why not? Why not have Mankato win yeah. at this point? So that's that's kind of how I see things going. Um, because I look at, you know, Minnesota might have the edge in scoring, um, but the style of play, the defense, and the goaltending is going to favor Minnesota state. We saw that I mean, last year essentially
0: in the tournament. I mean, this is a better exactly. a better Minnesota team than was uh, than they had last year. Um uh, but uh but a lot of the same cast of characters too and I think that is what it's going to come down to and I mean, hey, their backup goalie, I mean, he's their starter now, but he was their backup up until about January 10th. Uh you know, he pitches a shutout in a regional final. Uh and he looked pretty yeah. good doing it, too. I mean, if you don't count the uh the offsides goal, which should have counted, but yeah, that Michigan, uh, they got some some sloppiness uh outside of power on the back end. Uh they can cough up, cough of the puck uh and be a little sloppy. Uh we had talked about this last week about Pecknold's uh what turned out to look like a genius move pulling the goalie against Harvard with six minutes left to tie that game up. Here pulls his goalie with about four minutes and change left that now see that was, I wanted to know what your thought was there with the Harvard one. It's not like in this Michigan game, they had all the momentum after scoring, after getting back to four to three. And then for a few minutes after that, they had a power play uh, right in that window after they had made it four to three that they did not convert on, but they were controlling the play for, four or five minutes after making it after cutting it to four to three and then decides to pull the goalie getting an an offensive zone chance. It just, whereas the mission, the the Harvard game, they didn't have like a time pulling the goalie there right after getting a a penalty. So you're making it a two man advantage and the pulling there I thought was a way to create some momentum. Whereas here you already had Mm -hmm. the momentum. Obviously this, again, one of these 2020 hindsight things where it looks so stupid now that he pulled his goalie too early. But I just thought it, at the moment, it's like, this is again, not the quite the seems like you already have the moment momentum. You don't need to, to risk a, you know, an empty netter here. Um, and so I, I, he's obviously going to be questioned about that. And want, uh, did you have any sort of at the, at the time, if you were still watching that game, if you had any sort of, uh, I don't know if that's the right move or if you like the aggressiveness, uh, I
1: normally like the aggressiveness but I think at that time you trust your team especially against again a young inexperienced team like Michigan.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and I know I say inexperienced but you know and they were there
0: technically last you know, year. No, um, you're right. But, I mean they're uh, one of the, the younger younger teams. They got to be the youngest team left. So either them or Minnesota.
1: So and you 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 got your momentum and like you said I I think you trust your trust your team to pop in another one. And I think maybe it just kind of crept into Durant's head a little bit and just kind of like, Hey, this worked last time and he's just going back to the well with it. Even though the situations were a little bit different. Um, Now, again, if it works out, he's a genius. And then who knows how many other coaches start emulating it. (laughs) You know, it's a copycat uh, situation. So, it's could be, it could be anything, but I do feel that it was a little bit aggressive, and you know maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I would have second guessed it though yeah. if I was you know a fan. I would have been like, uh, we've yeah. already got the momentum. You don't need to try to create anything here. So,
0: yeah, I just wanted to get your get it's... your take on that. I thought that was interesting game theory kind of thing. So. Um,
1: yeah, a lot of questions, uh, that did come in here were about,
0: uh, you know, transfer portal Huskies plan of attack next year. Um, oh, well, first, all great questions. First you had mentioned that. What did I think the best game was? I don't think I got to. Oh yeah. So you went with, um, with Mankato Harvard. Correct. Okay. I wish I would have watched more and more and then, of that game. And then obviously North, North Dakota. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, I thought about. i I was thinking about that not that i knew that we had a question uh about it but i was thinking about what i thought the best game was i mean i'm it's too close but if i was just a neutral fan i might have liked the saint claude quinnipiac game the best
1: because i like i like I, i like offense
0: and just that we had a ton of you know we had one to nothing two to ones that was the majority of the games were were low scoring affairs and yeah, I mean if if you don't mind a little bit of bad goaltending, the Saint cloud winnebago game uh would have been intriguing to watch. Uh again, it's I'm biased because it's I have so much emotional uh uh investment in the game, so I'm not sure I'm going to take that as my number one. I mean, I I, I might go with the Duluth-Denver uh, final just because I thought I, I mean, that third period fans were into it. It felt it felt like a, it had the feel of a huge game. And even though the action, and it, it would, I mean, I liked that Duluth was on the, the losing end of that bad bounce, but it is sort of like, eh, I don't like it. That such a cheesy goal was the, <laughs> uh, was the difference of the game, but just based on, right. I thought the intensity, you could feel that even watching it on a tablet, several time zones away. maybe i'll give that my uh my game of the weekend
1: it's not a bad pick um yeah so got a really good uh set of questions a lot of it about you know where do the huskies go from here uh, and whatnot um i think we're gonna hold off on those uh up until uh after the frozen four and um you know, just kind of wait until kind of all the dust settles, see who actually comes back, who's leaving, you know, kind of can kinda get everything, see who's out, you know. Um, if you are on the the, the Twitter machine, Sydney Wolf from the rank live. Uh she has a spreadsheet up there about the transfer portal mm-hmm. and Good. comings and goings of players. Um, that you can look up and some of them are no name people. Some of them are like, Ooh, wow. That'd be a really good one to pick up. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. And, you know, for some people, if this is, you know, the method for rich teams to get richer, like Denver, for instance, you know, able to go in and get uh, a couple players that were able to, to be key here for their frozen four run. And, and already, already uh,
0: action on that transfer portal. Um, already in the offseason with a couple of goaltenders uh, switching teams. Roden, who who we raved about from Omaha, uh, going to Providence, and then this Drew DeRitter from Michigan State, who I kind of had my eye on as far as someone that St. Cloud should be interested in, goes to uh, North Dakota. And North Dakota continuing on their apparent plan now is we're just going to cycle through transfer goalies one year at a time, going from Driscoll to now DeRitter. So, I would expect the Huskies to be active in that portal, especially from the goaltending standpoint, but two options already crossed off the board. So uh, Brett's uh, Brett can't take, uh, take a week off here. He's got a, yep. this is yep. a big, big, this is like the uh, NFL free agency or or, or NHL yeah. even, like where it's like one week, the, the first day, it's just, we got 60 moves. Uh, maybe it's not gonna yeah. be that fast, but it's gonna be, it's gonna go pretty quickly here.
1: Yeah, and I think we're in agreement here that it's it's going to be a tough go of it if we are going in as caster as our one oh, goalie. I, I that's don't gonna, think it's going to be a tough season.
0: I don't think that's acceptable. Uh,
1: and you know, if maybe it was a bad game, yeah. and maybe we can give him the benefit of the doubt and whatnot—that it's not that bad. But it's it it doesn't it doesn't leave a lot of. Uh, High expectations or enthusiasm um if that yes if that it is a
0: approach. and we're being very harsh on him, and it it is a one game sample. if you give him the uh-huh. starting position, he's not going to have a what 67 percent save percentage for the entire year. he's not as bad as that, but as far as a guy that he can have legitimate like title hopes on, no f and way so he yeah. can be a decent he can be a backup he, you know he, he can be the number two but uh he can't be the number 1 on a team with legitimate um uh, hopes of competing so yeah, i hope they i hope the coaching staff realizes that it'd be dumb if they didn't so uh yeah let's keep our eye on that
1: um yeah well if for you any closing remarks closing thoughts uh as we uh you know i guess we can you know <sighs> I don't know. Just it sucks that the season
0: just ended the way it did. It was, uh, I will say, just uh, personally, you know, this is the first year that we, you know, we've gotten the, the, the gang back together, so to speak. We, we took a few years off and. Uh, I was thinking, too, it's probably a good thing that we weren't doing a podcast during the AIC or, you know, the AIC season. Because I would have been at least the after that it would have been very fun up until the ase game uh and up until I, that game I yeah. would have came on here and I would have all the when I'm saying s sandwich and everything I would have gone completely bleep free I would have been a drunken sailor about my anger <laughs> so any silver lining we got that but uh yeah. just getting back to this year it you know when I do the podcast it, it it makes it forces me to to follow the team and then just college hockey in general that much more uh, closely and you know i wasn't i never gave the sport up but you know there was a couple of years i, I took a step or two back just you know not mm-hmm. not not watching uh random mankato games or finding out that the hockey east you know you could stream games on this app or it was a couple of years that i was basically just looking at you know watching husky games and that was it and so this is this season, yeah, and last year too, but this season especially has gotten me back into sort of hardcore fandom and and uh even though the season was uh as we've said, frustrating. You wanna use disappointment and all those kind of uh all those kind of terms, uh, whatever whatever you pick, that's true. But it has been um gratifying to to get back into it and and I hope it's been enjoyable for you to to do the podcast as much as it has for me just to sit down every week and talk hockey it is very fun uh, even though we can't have we apparently can't uh, can't win titles uh around here uh in St. Cloud State fandom uh, at least uh, at the men's hockey level but it still is a blast to do this and so it has sort of kickstarted my my passion for the game again so so even though the season didn't uh pan out great for St. Cloud. It's, it's kind of gotten me back into it. So in that sense, I, I will sort of look back somewhat finally on just the year. Sure.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that. And yeah, I, I enjoy having this outlet um, and, you know, trying to become more confident as a speaker and, yeah. you know, whether or not that's working, I don't know. Uh, But also, you know, doing some light editing as well, like learning new skills, you know, talking hockey and like you said, just kind of keeping up with everything. Yeah, it's been a joy. And I know we don't have obviously we don't have a ton of listeners uh, and we don't you know. I I don't think we even went into this thinking that we were going to get a huge following from a niche team in a niche sport. Mm But um, just voicing our opinions and getting out there and interacting with the people that do listen, it it means a lot to us. And just thank you for everyone. And yes, we're going to criticize, but it does come from a place of love and passion, uh, at least for me. Andrew, I don't know. I'm just just faking (laughs) it. (laughs) Sure enough. Well, that about does her. Uh, Until next time, uh, you know... know we'll have a new commissioner that's right uh, in the nchc uh we'll have what does lindenwood start next year
0: i think so i think they finally put out their their official press release it took them a while to do that so yeah so a lot of i think the
1: soon either this year or the next year the number of independent hockey teams will make six so maybe they'll just band together form a conference of their own and get just I don't know. The auto
0: bits. Yeah, I don't know so. why they wouldn't, but we can we can yeah. talk about that and talk about the new commission. All I would say for advice there is, just look at the Don, and that's all you need to do is to look at that as far as what you need to do for to be a conference commissioner. There you go. So uh,
1: Until next time, go Huskies! Woo!